Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. <laughs> I love the applause with the couple of us here. <laughs> Makes us feel welcomed. Good morning, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in live on YouTube. Uh, as Alex shared in the announcements, we have stopped gathering uh, here live unless you need to be here. Uh, This morning, they're actually working on the roof, uh, so it's a a good time not to be here. It smells like tar, Uh, but if you do need to be here again, you can come down. We will not ask why. You're just welcome here. Um, I was planning on doing a four-part series on grace and truth, and then... I realized that this coming Thursday is Thanksgiving, and then next week is Advent. And so part of me was like, you know what, I'm just going to push through with this series. And then thinking about it, there are some things that are real important to talk about, and I want to talk about that this morning with gratitude. And I think now probably more than ever before, the idea of Advent and the apocalypse of what the Advent is, um, is an important topic because we need Advent. We need that kind of apocalypse at a time when a pandemic makes us think of another kind of apocalypse, right? And so this morning, I want to talk about gratitude and Already, we, we, we live in a time where there's such division, right? And, and I'm not going to talk about Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation or recite it. And I, I'm not going to cite atrocities done to Native Americans. At, at some point, what matters ahead of us needs to be more important than what's happened behind us. And we need to press into those things. And I want to look at how gratitude can change not only our way of thinking, but our world and our way of living. I I think it's so important because I believe that everyone desires to have a life that is filled with joy. We all want that, whether you call it happiness, joy. We, we all are pursuing these things, right? This pursuit of happiness, this pursuit of joy, this wanting our lives to be filled with those kinds of things. And in many ways, that's kind of a plumb line by how we mark how we're living. You know, you had a good day at work. 
you, you, things went well, you spent some time, had a good interaction with friends, it was a good day because you enjoyed it. And, and on the reverse of that, there is, well, things went difficult, there was some trouble, it was a bad day because you didn't enjoy it, right? And so joy is kind of this plumb line by how we measure so many things that happen in our life. Got Again, hopefully you guys can't hear the noise that's going on, but it, it's just pretty interesting here. I think they got a radio station going on up on the roof. But anyway, um, if you have this plumb line of what joy is and how we measure our life in these things, then we see that it's an important part of our lives and our process. In First Thessalonians or excuse me, John 15, I'm jumping ahead of myself. John 15, verses 9 through 11, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And so Jesus is wanting the joy that he has to be in us and that our joy would be full. That's God's desire. When we think of what does God want, well, we've talked about God wants us to be uh, unified, right? God wants this divine unity. God also wants there to be a complete or full joy. And Jesus' disciple John, John the Beloved, echoes this in 1 John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, That which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And he's echoing the same things that Jesus said, right? Jesus is wanting the father or the joy that he has to be with us. And John is saying the same thing. He wants our joy to be full, wants it to be complete. It is an important part of life. It's an important part of our lives. It's something that we measure our lives by. And so we see that it's very significant. The desire by Christ for us is that our joy would be complete. Where's the joy level in your tank these days? With everything that's going on, right? Is it low because you have to wear a mask? Is your joy level down because you don't get to interact with friends or maybe you're not able to work? Where is the joy level in your tank Is it low because you've lost somebody you love? Is it low because you've gone through a divorce? Is it low because your health is failing? And is there a way that we can actually resuscitate joy in our lives and in all these different situations? And I believe there is. I believe it is of utmost importance for our personal health and for the health of society, that joy be 
important. We often make a mistake that joy comes from our circumstances. Right? As I mentioned before, you know, work, friends, health, family, food, all these things. Oh, yeah, if I have these things, then I have joy. But I know people who have good health but aren't joyful. How about you? I know people who have good jobs but aren't filled with joy. So it's not the circumstances. Then what is it? What is it that brings joy out in us? And I believe what it is is gratitude. I don't know a person who I consider to be filled with joy or joyful that doesn't practice or apply themselves to gratitude. And now this is something that we actually can control. See, I think we get it backwards so many times. We seem to think that if you're joyful, you should be grateful, but it doesn't work like that. Actually, practicing gratitude brings joy into our lives. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. So now there is a way to fill that tank up. There is a way to reconnect ourselves to this desire, this this plumb line, this desire by Christ desire by John that our joy be full, there's a way to get there, and it's through gratitude. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes in verse 14, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. I used to think that meant I had to be thankful for everything. I can remember driving in a car with a friend and he got hit by somebody. We were in the car and the car got hit and he says, well, I'm thankful for this accident. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, no, we're supposed to thank God for everything. And I was like, I didn't know a whole lot. This is a long time ago, but I was like, I don't think that's right. And I still don't think that's right, right? I'm not thankful for the car accident. I'm not thankful for the car accident that broke my daughter's wrist or the cancer that took my mom or Colleen's life. I'm not thankful for those things. I'm not thankful for the difficulty my friends are struggling with. I don't think I'm supposed to be thankful for those things. But the request is or the command is to be thankful in the circumstances. And that's a big difference. And that also brings about a big question. How? How can I be thankful in a circumstance that's this tragic or emotionally draining. David Stendhal Rast, a a Benedictine monk, talks about a practice to help with gratitude that can be put into play 
in all circumstances of life. It's something we actually learned as kids when we're crossing the street. A method of living gratefully. And it's stop, look, and go. There are so many times that I have missed opportunities to be grateful. Because I was busy being resourceful, busy being diligent. And and those are just words I use for busy being worried, actually, right? I'm busy doing these things because I'm worrying, and I'm worrying because I'm trying to take control. And sometimes it's hard to be grateful when you're busy trying to control everything because your mind is not stopping. You're on the go constantly. And I've learned something about controlling life besides that you can't. And that the opposite of control isn't uncontrol. That the opposite of control is consent. When we consent to the circumstance that is happening, doesn't mean we like it, doesn't mean we try to work in it. But when we recognize we can't control it and we have to actually deal with what's there, is taking away our hands and stopping and actually being present. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 12, 2 said that we are looking to Jesus. In other words, he is this example, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, there's that word, set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. This this is a haunting verse because of its depth of emotion. Right, that, that Jesus found joy by his consent to the will of God by enduring the cross, by his sacrifice. You see, it, it wasn't about how do I make this, how do I do this? It was consenting to the situation that was the will of God before him. Consent. Sometimes it's a difficult thing in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. When my mom was dying of cancer, we did everything we could to try and stop it from taking her life. But at some point, we had to consent to the reality that we couldn't stop it. There was no treatments at City of Hope or anywhere else that was able to stop what was happening. And I had to consent to the awareness that I was going to lose my mom. I also had to find a way through the emotional hardship of watching her die. It was out of my control. I had to find a way to be thankful, not for the situation, but in it. I had to stop. I had to look. And then I had to go. I had to stop the the trying to fix things. and, And that included myself and how I was feeling. I had to stop trying to just, you know, muscle it up and everything's okay. Have that attitude of really disconnection. I had to stop 
trying to stay busy and not feel what was happening in me. I had to look for ways to be present, ways that I could be thankful. I had to look for opportunities to step into while I was there. And I I would not look if I did not stop. I could not find those opportunities if I was busy trying to control the circumstances, if I was busy trying to feel safe. See, opportunity is a gift within every moment. Opportunity is something that is always there. As the saying goes, it only knocks once. But if we seize the opportunity of these months, it is the key to our joy. And the way to that joy is gratitude. I had to go into these moments when those opportunities came. I had to move into them. I'm not grateful for cancer. I think cancer sucks. That's why we're trying to find a cure. But I'm grateful for the time I was able to spend with my mom for that last year. Able to find the gratitude for spending more time with her through this period of her life. I I was grateful being able to help her put on her shoes at the hospital, like she had done for me so many times, so many years ago. Grateful for the tears that we shared together. Grateful for the heartfelt conversation. Grateful for the healing that took place between us in that time. But I had to stop so that I could see those opportunities. And then I had to step into them. And they're difficult because you're vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. And gratitude is something we experience that is vulnerable. And it's a valuable gift. Right? Gratitude is something that we value and something that is considered a gift. In other words, it's not something we make. We don't make gratitude. It's something we find something we receive you might have a great job pays well and you actually like doing whatever it is but gratitude comes when you truly value the job and consider it a gift i know people who have good jobs who aren't grateful for them but when you think of it as wow this is really valuable to me to my family This is really a gift. Now all of a sudden, gratitude starts to seep in. If gratitude is valuable and is a gift, close your eyes right now and just think, what are you grateful for? What's something that you value? Something that is a gift in your life? Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your children, your grandchildren, your spouse, your parents, 
your friends? What is it that you value and see as a gift? Because that's where gratitude is born. Do you realize that each thing you're grateful for has within it the key to unlock joy in your life? If you stop and look and move towards it. And so whatever things came to your mind and say it was your grandchildren, I I should have downloaded, I actually wanted to upload a video of my granddaughter laughing, but I think someday you guys are going to be tired of me showing my grandkids. But man, hearing her laugh, it's a gift. It's a gift and it just fills my soul. That is an opportunity for me to unlock joy within my life. That's an opportunity for me to step into that. Now, what if we think of life and the moments we have as valuable and a gift? How would that change you? How would that shift your perspective on our world today, in our situation right now, in a pandemic, if every moment is still valuable and still a gift, how can it unlock joy where we are right now? What can it do to you? Right? Because I know that many of you, I mean, I talk to, to lots of you, and there's this burden hanging over us. There is fear. There is concern. There is uh, anger. There's all these emotions that are happening because of all the circumstances around us. And we're busy and we want to take control. And at some point we have to consent that this is where we're at. It doesn't mean we can't try and find better ways to get things done. It doesn't mean that we, we stop trying to pursue things that are going to be just and helpful But what it means is we are going to take this moment and we are going to stop and we are going to look for opportunities to step into so that we can reclaim joy that Christ wants to give us that is important for us to be healthy that can actually change not only us but change the influence we have to the people around us. When something difficult happens to us, it's the opportunity to rise to the challenge of that moment. What's the opportunity to learn something? And sometimes that something's painful. Right? Sometimes we're learning patience, and patience is never easy. The one who makes opportunities to all those moments in life, they're the ones who we look up to. They're the ones who make a difference. They're the ones who have the ability to rise above the clouds of fear, the, 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 the noise of the crowd, and be a voice that is actually heard. They're the ones that are like a magnet pulling us because we crave joy. And when we see it, it draws us 
and we want that. And we want to know, how can you have joy in this circumstance? I've shared before when I went to China and was taking Bibles into China back in the 80s. And we had dinner with a man whose name nickname was called Panda. And we went to a restaurant and we're waiting for dinner. And I was hungry, hadn't eaten anything but like a granola bar or something that day. And so I was waiting for dinner and it seemed like a nice restaurant. And we are waiting and waiting. Other people are getting their meals and we're sitting here talking to this man who's named Panda. And he's telling us his story of how he led a house church, was arrested, spent 10 years in prison and then started a church in the prison. And he's going on telling this story of how he was just, you know, filled with this joy. And here I am bummed out because I don't have any food. And I remembered the, the stark contrast of that just woken something in me and thinking, gosh, here is a man who doesn't have food. And, and it dawned on me later on, the reason we did not have food is because this man was well known and to associate with him could get you in trouble. And so they would not serve him because they didn't want to be associated with him and it did not phase him one bit, and he was one of the most joyful people I have ever met. Here, I wasn't in prison for 10 years. I didn't, I mean, gosh, I wasn't starving. I've never been starving. And here is someone who had joy. And here is me in the moment, not stopping, not looking, not stepping into what was available. And it was an awakening for me. And we need to learn to practice these things you know when when you're away in a foreign country like in haiti or some parts of mexico that i've been to when i get back home i am grateful for hot water right it's like oh i've missed this the last two weeks or whatever time it is but that goes away what would happen if if every time I got in that shower, I put a little stick it note somewhere that would stick, not in the shower, because that would fall, right? I, I, I'd put it and it'd just say, remember hot water. Or toilets, oh my gosh. Or in and out. Every time we got back from Mexico, we got to stop at in and out. Might seem silly, but there's so much around us if we really attention we have to be grateful for what and who are you grateful for what are tangible gratitude practices that you can put in your life to tap into the things ways to stop ways to look and then ways to go into those things Maybe at a meal, when you're saying grace, stop and say what you're thankful for out loud. And even if you're alone, think about the people you are thankful for. Think about the things that you have you are thankful for. Even if you are ill, even if you are going through struggles, stop and say out loud, I am thankful for my job. I am thankful for my daughter. I am thankful for my mom. I am thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for the people here. 
thankful for Gil. Gil has been with me from the day one we started this place. And I can't, he's probably the person who's been here more times than me. I'm thankful for all the people who've been here. I'm, I'm thankful for all the people who've led worship here. Even the ones who are not here anymore. I'm thankful for Danny. I, I, I still have conversations with him. I love him and his family. I'm grateful for the friendship. I'm sorry that he's not here anymore. Yeah, yeah, I wish people were still here who aren't here, but I'm thankful for the friendships I've had. I'm thankful for the time, for the things I've learned from them. I am thankful for so many of you. I I can't go on and name all of you because I'm going to leave a lot of you out and then I'll feel bad, but I'm grateful. So many of you have been a help to me. And even people who are no longer a part of Genesis, I'm thankful See, if I'm thankful, I, I, I can't be better. But it, it, it's vulnerable, right? It, it's putting me into this place because joy, there is an abundance. You know, the opposite of scarcity is not abundance. It's enough. When there isn't a scarcity, there is enough when it comes to joy. If you're grateful, you act out of a sense of enough. Not, I need more. If you're grateful, you're living in that. I have all that is necessary, not the scarcity. And then you're willing to share because you have enough. When we lose our capacity to be vulnerable, when we lose our capacity to say, I'm grateful, and instead, we think, oh, if I say I'm grateful or if I, I want to be grateful for these things, I'm going to open myself to disappointment, right? What, what if I'm, I'm you know, let off of work? What if I get fired? What, what if these things happening, right? I, I'm, I'm going to have this, you know, step into, a, gosh, relationships, right? You step into a relationship. I remember when I was dating. I remember, you know, it was hard to be grateful because I was so worried, I so worried, like, what if she's not going to like me? You know, what, what if this is going to happen? What if I say something that's stupid and she no longer likes me? I said a lot of things that were stupid, right? I've said, gosh, more things that are stupid since I've been married than even before we were dating. But because we don't want to be blindsided, right? We, we don't want to be disappointed because we don't want to be hurt. We, we think that we can minimize our pain by not stepping into something fully. And we worry about what will happen, this you know, idea of, oh no, if I really commit myself to this circumstance, to these people, they might leave and then it's going to hurt. So what I'm gonna do is not commit myself to them fully. But you know what happens? It still hurts. You guarding yourself does not protect pain. When we lose our capacity to be vulnerable, joy becomes foreboding. Oh, don't enjoy it too much because it can be taken away. Oh, don't don't get too comfortable because you might lose it. Instead of, but right now, I get to enjoy it. See, my my 
grandkids are growing so, so fast. Judah's going to be five years old. And I remember when I could just hold him. And if I'm holding Everly and I'm thinking, oh no, she's going to be five years old soon, I'm going to miss that laugh happening right here, right now. And if I worry about, oh, wonder who's going to leave Genesis, or I wonder what's going to happen in our country, and I wonder what's going to happen to this, I am going to lose the opportunity to be present, to be thankful, to be grateful for the people here right now, and to be able to participate in what is happening right here, right now. It's important, but it's vulnerable. If we don't step into that vulnerability and gratitude, we don't minimize pain. We only rob the moment of its joy. There's no emotion that's harder to feel than joy because to do it, you must be vulnerable. And we're so afraid it will be taken away, so afraid it won't last or return. But let's face it, joy is always fleeting. Nobody rides the bus of life for free. It always ebbs and flows. But the key is, if we are living in a moment, we can tap into that reservoir of joy anytime. And the way you tap into it is gratitude. Something bugging you? circumstances out of your control that are frustrating you. In that circumstance, where can you find gratitude? Where do you have to leave out control and step into that gratitude? Remember, gratitude doesn't mean complacency. It means thoughtfulness. Stop trying to control trying to stay busy, trying to insulate yourself from the emotion of loss. Look for opportunities, moments that you can reach out to, to encourage, to support. Things that you are grateful for. And then go and do something that will help them help you make a difference by practicing gratitude. Let's pray. God, at a time where, according to the news, there is so little to be grateful for, at a time where joy seems to be a scarcity in the lives of so many people, there is now more than ever an opportunity to be a well of life to those who are in need by extending ourselves, by showing gratitude for even the smallest things, for the moments of life that we have and the circumstances beyond our control, stopping and seeing where 
there is still in this moment, at this time, something that we can be grateful for. And moving into those things with others. God, may we be a people who are so filled with gratitude and joy that it overflows to the lives of those around us. Those who are worrying about pandemics, those who are worrying about finances, those who are worrying about election results, those who are worrying about whatever the trouble is that is present before them, may we be a fountain of joy to them. May we help them to understand the importance of gratitude by being grateful people, by being examples, even as Christ, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, consented to the circumstances and made a difference in the lives of everyone around them. Lord, help us to be grateful. Help us to show joy that is genuine and to tap into it every moment of our lives, every circumstance we find ourselves in, In everything, may we give thanks, for this is the will of you in Christ. Amen. I don't know if Randy has another song or not. No. So, Randy, get well. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord stop you when you're trying to take control and be busy. May you look and see the opportunities to be grateful around you. May you step into joy overflow your lives. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.